Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Welcome back to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. It's Melissa Joy here today, and I am so pleased to be joined by Kathy Curtis. Kathy is a certified financial planner and founder of Curtis Financial Planning, which is an independent fee-only advisory firm located in Oakland, California. And Kathy works with clients in California and beyond. As a female-owned and operated wealth management firm, Kathy is fully committed to addressing the unique financial planning needs and experiences of single women, female-led households, and women who take the lead in family finances. Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Melissa. Thanks so much for inviting me to be on. Well, I love um, chatting with you always. I feel like we have been kind of running in the same circles for a long time, but we know each other much better over the last year or two. And I, it was great to be a guest on your podcast. And I thought it would be a lot of fun today if we talked about a topic that we both have worked with clients on, which is inheriting assets and in both the emotions and the financial decisions that come along with that. Yes, it's a really important topic. It's huge. And, you know, hopefully um, people don't have to, have to experience loss all that often in their lives. But when they do, sometimes there are financial assets that they also receive as a result of that loss of loss of life. And so um, it's a really strange time in someone's life and one that they don't probably have a lot of experience with, hopefully. Yeah, that's so true. You know, um, what I found in my experience is that people who receive an inheritance when they're a little older, like 50s, 60s, handle it better than people who are younger. Um, and one of the reasons I think this is true is they have more experience managing their finances, right? By the time you're in your 50s and 60s, you have and you have created some sort of wealth for yourself in a base. You have a career that's established, let's say. And a younger person, what I've seen happen is sometimes they'll quit their job because they inherit money. Whoa. Yeah, I've seen this happen several times. They make impulsive decisions um, because they see it as freedom, right? And they see they have plenty of time to come back and pick up their career where they left off. And then the years go by. So a lot of, you know, inheritance, it depends where you are in your life, your age, and also your, I think people have these money personalities because of how they were raised around money. So I think how you handle sudden wealth depends on a lot of those factors. There, it's such a, it's so, there's so much uncertainty that comes in, in a time where there's been a loss. And I have seen people of all ages with huge challenges, but I agree with you, the less experience, the more challenging it may be. 
Well, yeah, I just when you're younger, maybe more unexpected. Totally. When you're, when you're in your 50s, 60s, your parents are in their 80s, 90s, and you you've accepted the fact that they're not going to be there forever. When it happens as a surprise or when you're young, I think it hits you even harder. Agreed. And I still have seen, I, I worked with someone this past year, started working with them after they inherited in their 20s a woman and um, she's a rock star. So it doesn't have to be that way, but you really need to think about, there's so much that goes through your mind and, and it sounds, it sounds like it would not be the case, but it's very similar to someone who wins the lottery. Like there's just, your mind is kind of um, malfunctions or goes hay, haywire for a minute. Cause you're dealing with emotions. You're dealing with anticipation, you're dealing with change. And so you, there's, there's some value to having a financial professional in your life who can be a co-pilot on a journey that you may not have expected to be on. Yeah. Um, I think I agree. Even if you're the most stable personality, um, a planner, the whole bit, it, it, having a lot of money all of a sudden is going to create some kind of emotion. And fear is a big one. Fear of blowing it is big, right? It, and especially because we usually inherit from loved ones. And so there's there can be a lot of emotion attached to that money. And fear, so much emotion. Yeah. And so if you don't have somebody to talk to about it, where will all those emotions and thoughts go? It could lead to behaviors that aren't good for you. And we can go into some of the things that probably we both have seen with people that have been impulsive or acted too quickly after they received money. Absolutely. I mean, the first thing that I hear from people with a big windfall, including inheritance, is nothing's going to change. And in some cases, people are frozen where they really, there's, there's a full spectrum. So some people see an inherited account and think there is no purpose that I would ever touch this money. This is money that my parent or grandparent or relative worked really hard for. And I just cannot mess that up. And then there are other situations where um, you say nothing's going to change. And then the, you know, next week is the new the, you know, contract is signed on a new piece of real estate. I find that real estate is one of the first things that just like blows up and it's like, oh, no big deal. And then, you know, you're, you're ripping down a house and building a house three times the size of it or something. That is so true. Real estate. I have seen people buy houses that they can't afford. The mortgage is just way too much. Um, And I've also seen major remodels where the scope of the remodel just got completely out of control. And before you know it, the whole inheritance was gone. I mean, I, I and these are true stories. I've seen both, I, fairly recently both of those. One, you know, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area and the real estate market is expensive. So it's hard to find reasonably priced homes and a lot of people stretch to get into homes. And um, this particular person had gotten inheritance and I, we did a plan. This was what was so sad. And we talked about the maximum amount 
they should spend. And this client wasn't ongoing. So we did the plan. We disengaged. Two years later, this person came back and was so remorseful. That feeling of remorse after you've spent down an inheritance too fast is an excruciating one. And it lasts, it lingers, because I know I can hear from people when you make money mistakes, especially if they're tied to um, a relation, 10, 20, 30 years from now, you will be paralyzed because you're still thinking back to that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And fortunately, she's come back. And this is where the skill of being a trusted advisor is so critical. Because the last thing I wanted to do was to feed into this feeling of guilt and remorse. But at the same time, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, why did you do this? (laughs) So (laughs) I had to be really careful, um, regain her trust, and then go from there. So we picked up the pieces and and we're working on her plan now. But I think that's that's a pretty good story of things that do happen. Um, Another story is a woman who inherited money from a parent and she had a lot of guilt around the money. And she also had friends that didn't have as much as she had. So she started to lend large chunks of the money to the friends. And without a real plan as to when to get paid back, like very loose terms. And then um, she decided to remodel her home. And this is the scope creep. It just, you know, sometimes when you dig into a home, you find all kinds of problems. You find, let's say, drainage issues. That's a biggie or um, rot. And it could cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to repair that stuff. So before you know it, you're doing the remodel, but you're also repairing a lot of other stuff and money's floating out the window. And then before you know it, the money's gone. And it's those things happen, I think, for emotional reasons. And so it's important when you get an inheritance to stop. This is always the advice you read and anything you read about an inheritance is don't do anything for a while. Yeah, there's some things you need to do. You need to retitle the accounts. You might need to take care of the taxes. Um, There may be some immediate needs. You might need mental health care. Um, You know, take care of what, it's a triage situation, right? We're both probably familiar with Susan Bradley's sudden money concepts. Yeah. Where you have a now, soon, and later list. But you... I, I was just thinking when you were describing that spending or lending and, you know, you just maybe some shame or discomfort with having a significant amount of money as well. It's kind of like eating your feelings where you can just really get caught up in um, something hurts and you feel the expenditures may be a bandaid that it becomes habitual and yeah. it also, it just can get you in big trouble. Like there's an assumption that if, if I just had a certain amount of money that I, that things would be fixed for me. And the reality is more money can lead to more money problems and, and bigger money problems sometimes. Yes. Yeah. That's what's sad about it is receiving large sums of money at once can create financial damage, which is kind of co- totally counterintuitive to what really should be happening. Yeah. 
I find the best situations are when the person hires an ongoing counselor. So they either hire a therapist that they see on a regular basis, or they hire a financial advisor, preferably both. Um, Some financial advisors are really trained in behavioral finance. And in a way, if you've been doing what we do long enough, you have to be a behavioral financial person too. I think some people shy away from that and it's just the numbers, but in this circumstance, it, it, that is just not a perfect fit unless in, unless you're really like that engineer type that just wants your spreadsheet to be, you know, validated. Yeah, that's a good point. I know because you and I both are the comprehensive financial planner types and we also invest assets. So I, I just take it, I kind of sometimes forget there's are lots of different kinds of advisors out there. Yeah. Uh, so I find clients find it a great value to talk to somebody whenever they need to about the emotion and fears that are going on. And also, but then you have a plan. We haven't talked about that yet. The plan that you put in place. It's magical. Manage, yeah. And integrate that new money into your life's financial plan. That is is so helpful to somebody numbers and how they flow and what's possible and then what's not possible what's not smart that's what comes out of having a plan i love to describe the the first like iteration of the financial plan as a baseline and if you can hold off on the big changes long enough a that's giving you a buffer because you've had a loss of someone close to you you need some time There's a lot of emotions attached to decisions, especially the more immediate the event was. Um, And so if you can get a baseline of, okay, here's where you were at, because it matters, you know, where your life was before the event, um, before the loss in the inheritance. And then now let's talk about um, adding that in. And, um, you know, uh, naturally for many people, if not most people, we're talking, how are you now? And then how are you over time? So that kind of becomes a retirement discussion. Right. Once we've got all that and, you know, you may be thinking, okay, but I also want a new house or I've, I wanted that trip around the world or, or whatever like it is earlier than I thought I would. Or someone that didn't inherit, um, you want to give them, you feel like it's a lot of money. So I need to write a check to this person and I want to pay for this college. I hear that sometimes. Yeah, It's like, hold off. Cause you may feel like you've got your, you know, you've got a whole new um, financial outlook, but trust me, I've seen, you know, multi-million dollar estates spent very quickly. It does not take long. And, and we may have all of those possibilities, but let's get a baseline. And then you come to me and say, I'm thinking, this and that, or this or that, or what about this? And within the financial plan, we have a baseline and we can tell you what the trade-offs are for those decisions, which is when it's personal to you, you could look at someone else's financial plan and be like, I I could take it or leave it. But when you get a financial plan built by a comprehensive financial planner that is about your life, the relevance and the ability for then for you to refine and make decisions in an informed way with confidence without the, you know, kind of lot, the emotional, like just jerkiness is huge. Yeah. Right. Great way to provide peace of mind to somebody who's going through not only grief, but probably some shock and also potentially a life-changing 
circumstance of having more money. Right. There's, there's um, opportunities perhaps attached to trauma. Right. And that's the other thing. The good side of it is we can help them realize some of their dreams too. Because one of the things I find is people get confused about how much is smart to spend, how much is smart to save, and how much is smart to invest when they're faced with a lump sum. For sure. Is it okay to spend, is it okay if I give this much to this family member? Is it okay if I give this much to my favorite charity? You know, and answering that question without context of a plan is not easy. So when you have a plan, you could show them the effects of that decision as a whole. And I tell you the truth, I don't think I could advise somebody without seeing a whole plan. So true. I I think it would be a fool's errand. And when you do have the plan, it's both for the people that may be um, more likely to put their foot on the accelerator and spend more. But there's also that cohort that just, it feels very uncertain and uncomfortable. Maybe they have the recognition that, this is like, you know, I, I can't mess this up or I don't, this has completely changed my opportunities and I, I don't want anything to, you know, um, ruin that. And so they may feel that discomfort as well. And, and you might be someone who is, is able to say yes. Um, and, but you need that context of the plan. You also may need a bad guy in your life who can, and the financial planner can be that person who can say to people who are aware of, your windfall and are sniffing around or looking for assistance. Cause that is something that can happen. You have somebody that says, no, I've talked to my financial planner and, and I'm sorry, I can't help you. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, you be, yeah, you're the good cop, bad cop type of thing. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to refer back to is you mentioned that you'd seen people blow through millions and this is a really interesting phenomenon about money. People don't realize how fast you could spend money. It's kind of the reverse of compounding interest on money, where once you get going with saving and investing, the compounding factor is is pretty incredible. But it also happens in reverse. Because if you're spending on your money, that means you're not investing it, earning anything on it. It's taken completely out of the picture, right? no interest, no dividends, no capital gains. And, and then it spirals. And it's also, it's becoming in your mind, it's becoming what you expect your life to be. So not only have you borrowed from your future, but you've also boosted your expectations for your consumption in the future. Think of it, if you've ever stayed in a nice hotel and then you go back to the courtyard and the courtyard was always great. Yeah until you got used to the new lifestyle. Well, that's what happens when you have several years where you really expand your lifestyle or your spending. And you may think, no, I'm just going to like constrict it when I need to. Well, it's easier said than done from a um, mentally when you've upgraded that house, then you have the upgraded maintenance. You have the upgraded taxes. You have the upgraded insurance. Um, you have the upgraded neighbors, not upgraded, but the, the, no, the lifestyle not- of the neighbors. All of these behaviors we're talking about are so human, right? With it, it's unless you're a completely um, disciplined, 
planner type, which there are. I have I have clients that have inherited money and they're very wise. They did some things, but they go, no, I want you to invest this money for me for my future. And then they never think about it again. It goes into their investment accounts and it's growing and growing and growing. There's people like that. It's a, it, they either they were raised with really good money habits or they knew enough about themselves to know better to give that over here where I can't get at it, right? And, and also then, they may have been working with you in the past so that they had the they had the tool set in place yeah. to just integrate it. That to me sounds like integration versus I I see um, some of each where either people are just, uh, there's a fear factor. I don't want to change anything. I don't want to touch anything or if, you know, I'll spend it, but I'm not going to change the investment strategy versus a no plan where it's totally, you know, let's go, let's spend. Yeah. That euphoric feeling that someone can get when all of a sudden, and especially if they haven't, people who have felt constrained in their spending before, Mm -hmm. how exciting would it be to think, I can have what I want. I be, I haven't bought myself this be, and I want it and I, I deserve it. And it's, it can be in a very, very exciting thing. Uh, one other aspect of sudden wealth that I want to touch on is, um, and this is such a hard subject to talk about, but is the fact, and this happens all the time, that well-meaning people who find out that you have a windfall, it, you always hear it. People come out of the woodwork. And I have to tell you, it's sort of true. Like let's, I, I have this business idea. You, you put up the money, I'll do the work. That a related phenomena is the people that want to take care of you. So there can be in an, in an event um, of widowhood, if you have inherited a bunch of people that say, this is how I did this. Let me take care of you. Let me take care of it. They may or may not have skills in that area, um, and they may or may not be a good fit for your ideas. So there can be a lot of people kind of circling, either looking for money in handouts or looking to take over. Right. Um, and you really want, unless you have an incapacity, to maintain control over your decision-making and not hand it off to someone else. And when you hire a good financial planner, they're not taking over for you they are assisting you with making your decisions in a way that will help you. Right. And so in in essence, you need to have your guard up. Mm -hmm. You know, you just need to be really aware of the motivations of other people in your life. Be careful who you trust with the information. And the same can go for professionals. So whenever I work with someone in a um, sudden transition, a, a windfall situation, I am careful to tell them about my professional experiences and some suggestions. And oftentimes they come with a list of questions or we need to do this, that, and the other, but also I'm always careful to acknowledge the emotions that are typical in certain, in the circumstances and um, not be pushy, not take over, not start to sell, sell, you know, big, um, you know, here, let's give, set up this charitable trust or, you know, a bunch of things that can be um, either very um, lucrative to the professional making the advice or just irrevocable where you need, you need um, to be highly educated before you make a decision. Um, And so 
That's a good point. Or not make assumptions about what you think they should do with the money, even as a professional. Absolutely. As we kind of wrap up, I want to talk a minute about some technicals of inheritance as well. So you do need to be on your game knowing, you know, what type of account you've inherited and what the rules are there. Yeah. Make sure that you understand the tax consequences of accessing money. You know, a retirement account has different tax consequences than a a taxable account or an annuity. And then um, all the technical details are really important. And, and they we just, really, we haven't talked much about that, but that's, you know, that's, a, that's our like foundational layer as financial planners. Oh yeah. And that just got less advantageous to inheritors that aren't spouses with the, you can't stretch the IRA mm-hmm. out anymore. So um, you have to take it over 10 years. And, and if it's a big inheritance, that could be really affect your taxes. Yeah. And that's, um, that's where you get some, you want somebody who has technical capability, who has the ability to coordinate with a tax professional. You may not have worked with someone tax-wise in the past, but you may need to now, um, you know, a a great estate planner, um, you probably need to review. Hopefully you have will and trust in place for yourself, but, you know, um, and, you know, if you're in a relationship or married, you need to, um, you know, have frank discussions about the way you title the inherited account to know whether that would be separate property or, you know, protected in a divorce, depending on the state. Yeah. Yeah. And I work with a lot of single women Mm -hmm. who sometimes don't feel like they need estate as much robust estate planning, but they really do. I mean, if you make sure that that inheritance goes to who you want it to, you need to have a good estate plan. Yeah. So you, yeah, the, the technical aspects of an inheritance are, um, so important. it could be their own episode. Yeah, it could, it could. We talked a lot about the emotional and behavioral, but the technical are every bit as important. If you work with the right professional, they'll be thinking and managing and navigating between the emotional and the technical, and you need someone who you, are comfortable with. You can tell them where you feel more triggered emotionally. You can tell them where you feel less confident and you can be honest with them about what you're looking to do as well. So you don't want someone who you just don't feel like you can be yourself around. Well, yeah, to be helping you. we didn't talk about the investment part of it either. Is that <laughs> yeah, that money will be invested in and your whole risk profile, timeframes, goals probably will shift with it. And so you, you need an almost a new investment plan for that money too. Well, as people are listening, they may be listening in a moment of that has been a moment of crisis and it is now, you know, they're, they're feeling a new responsibility. Hopefully it doesn't feel like a burden to you, but even though we've talked about some of the pitfalls or, or challenges or, or areas to be concerned about what I hope people know and can hear is that to me, there's a joy with talking to someone a few years after we've started to work together on, on um, a windfall and say, think of all that you've accomplished over the over this period of time and think about how you feel about money or this money and think about how in control you are. Those are, those are all, it just feels so good to be working with someone when we can take a look back and see 
that you are able to really honor the legacy of what you've received, but also integrate it in your life in a way that works for you. Yeah, that that's really a positive way to think about it. And I think yeah. that's a very positive way to go about it. Because let's face it, there we're, we've been talking a little bit about the challenges, but there can be a lot of joy in it too. Absolutely. And there should be. I think that permission... It's, it's important for us to share some of the challenges, but you have permission to set up your, you know, goals and celebrate them and, right. and really honor someone's legacy with that, with that work. Agreed. So tell me how people can, can you're track you down. Um, well, if you're on social media, I'm, I like Twitter and I'm at Kathy Curtis, two C's. And my website's curtisfinancialplanning.com. I think those are the two best places, social media profiles on my website. So we'll make sure to link to that in our show notes. Great. I look forward to listening, Melissa. Thank you as always. I love our conversations and have a great day, Kathy. You too. Thanks. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com. Dot com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about pearl planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.